Mark to Richardson. Ops to Jankovic. Another goal to Melbourne. Great start. Demons get their third goal through Alan Jankovic. Hargraves underneath it. Jankovic a chance. Snaps. down there as well. Djakovic against his old side and it's 3-1 to 3 behind. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans as we hold on for dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. This episode is proudly brought to you by our sponsors Hop End Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. My name is Tim and I'm joined each and every week by my co-host Simo, mate. How you going? Round one, we're almost there. We're almost there and we're back, mate. And do you know what? You've nailed that intro and it's been a while. And <laughs> it has been a kudos while. to you, mate. Well done. That's it. But today it's not, well, it's not really just us. It's, uh, yeah, we've got very, very exciting, uh, some special guests coming on to help us preview the round one blockbuster, the uh, the modern day rivalry, the freed from desire rivalry against the... <laughs> that has uh, to be a tagline, I reckon. The, uh, yeah, we reckon we call the episode that. Oh, no, what, what do they say? Freed from desire? The, oh, well, that's pretty good too. What do they say? The um, Oscar Baker Cup? No, the Alan Jakovic. No, I don't know, something like that. Alan Jakovic. Yeah, yeah, there's Alan Jakovic Cup. <laughs> yeah, but no, we're, we're very fortunate to uh, to join forces with Smitty and Guy from the One Eye Dog podcast to chat. Looking ahead to round one, and uh, it's going to be a massive game, but um, I guess we should probably shut up now, and uh, we're going to go and chat to these legends, and we'll uh, see you guys later. Well, we're absolutely stoked. First episode of this year, really, for us talking about D's, and yeah, we couldn't be uh, couldn't be more excited with round one fast approaching. And we're very fortunate to have Guy and Smitty from the One Eyed Dog Podcast to join us to talk about round one blockbuster D's dogs rivalry. It's uh, it's the modern day rivalry, I'd say, <laughs> almost. But um, <laughs> boys, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. How are we feeling? Uh, Tim, Simo, thanks for having us and uh, thanks for reaching out and suggesting that we get together and talk about this modern day rivalry and uh, talk about <laughs> round one uh, and, and there's a bit to unpack and yeah, it's nice to um, chat to an, another team and another podcast and yeah, I'm sure we'll have some fun this evening. Yeah, likewise, thanks for having us boys. Uh, it's Guy here, that was uh, Smitty earlier and uh, we, I'm nervous. I gotta say, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if I'm nervous about being on the podcast, or if I'm nervous about round one, or if I'm just nervous about the whole lot. But I'm a little bit, I'm a bit towy. I gotta say, coming into uh, a week and a half out. Well, this is like our preseason too, right? This is our first yeah. podcast we haven't recorded since uh, right. since that fateful uh, final last year, and yeah. Melbourne had sort of a similar end. But um, yeah, so we've we've probably got to dust off the uh, the um, microphone as well. Well, yeah. fair to say, we did absolutely nothing over the summer. Uh, to try to improve the quality of our own podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, are, we really are. This is our first kick for the year. No, we're all in that boat. Don't worry. It's um, but I suppose like I guess the uh, how we kind of like I suppose linked up in that sense was that we both uh, did a preview pod with uh, Craig from a Yank on the Footy podcast, which is pretty amazing to to chat to somebody across across the other side of the world who has such a vast knowledge of the footy as well too. But um, yeah, he was an absolute legend, and watching him pump out all these previews like it's just insane like <laughs> it was phenomenal how much content he's got oh, it's unbelievable it? yeah and he you're right he has clearly a love for the game but he has a 
I love he, he knew so many stats. And I'm thinking, Jeez. well, I know most of those stats, but that's for one team, and he knows yeah. them about everyone's <laughs> team. Right. So oh. it is a good man. I was a big shout out to Craig. <laughs> I was embarrassed clearly at the end. I think I, he did a bit of a trivia. It was shocking. It was, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm spilled on this one, that one, Tim, because I had to leave early. I would have been all for that yeah. trivia and stats. That's, nah, yeah, that's, well, that's my segment. That's. <laughs> it go. The uh, one week at a time. It's all uh, all knowing all the super coach and stuff. It's I suppose comes hand in hand. But, yeah. yeah, let's talk about twenty twenty two lads. You know, briefly. we start, kicked it off <laughs> oh, briefly. We kicked it off. You know, unfailed a flag, and you know it was, it was a great little spectacle. And, um, you know, which you know, led right. to. I thought we agreed when, when we got on here. We weren't going to talk about the twenty twenty one grand final. Well, and we're four, four minutes in, and we're already talking about unfailing a flag. Well, Smitty and I were both late to round one. Uh, now, I won't say it was deliberate. It was deliberate. But I, I got there after the, <laughs> the first bounce. Notice, Smitty. And uh, we didn't see any of that. So we, we, can't, we, no. we can't comment. But look, yeah, 2022 didn't, I mean, didn't start well for us, to be honest. Um, wasn't wasn't the kind of kickoff we were looking for. Yeah, I suppose you look at that, that. You know, the second time you played us, so you got you guys rattled us under the roof. You know, we we kind of we made Yamari Yuga Hagen, you know, become a thing, um, <laughs> which I'm sure you guys would have loved to see. But yeah, I, I suppose both of us bowing out, you know, probably at times where we didn't think we would, um, after both coming off, obviously, you know, quite successful years the year before, you'd think we'd come up with something a bit better. But you know, I'm sure you know, both teams are probably going to be thereabouts again this year. Yeah, I think, um, we. We got we got frustrated to be honest because it was sort of like you look at the list, you look at the guys who are out there and and you think, you know, Smith and I every week would be and and with Dave as well, I hey, will win this, we'll win this one, we'll win this one, and then we just coughed Can't up lose. games that we that we really shouldn't have coughed up, and it, it you know it cost us in the end. And what do we get in the finals by what point? Zero six percent or something, Smitty, because Carlton lost. You oh, are that's right. We didn't actually deserve to be there when you sneak into the finals because another team loses or another team wins, it doesn't feel like you deserve to be there. But then once you're there, and I'm always a glass half full and looking at the positives, you think, well, maybe we're a chance. But And we were. <laughs> Two quarters <laughs> in against Freya, we were a chance. We were yeah. a good chance. <laughs> <laughs> was, There's something yeah. about us and Perth and finals where the wheels can really fall yeah. off and it can happen really quickly. Don't, don't get me wrong, we had the same exposure in 2018 and that was just a write-off. But then obviously it flipped around in 2021. But Let's not talk about that too much. That's, that's um, two mentions already. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's Running tally. Well, maybe I'm ma- apologising. Maybe we can clear the air and say congratulations. So maybe we can then we can move on and we can, can say on. you did deserve to win. Uh, it was certainly and you know, I haven't spoken about it until right now. So this might be cleansing for me, but <laughs> it was an amazing well a quarter and a half of footy that I don't think any football lovers ever seen a team switch like that and dominate so well and score so heavily. And the fact is that prior to that, I think we'd kicked eight in a row to be 19 points up. So all the momentum was was with us. So I mean, this was all at COVID. And so unless you were one of those Melbourne supporters that broke border rules, you would have been at home in your, in your lounge rooms um, watching the grand final as well. And, you know, we Bond kicks that goal and you think, oh, well, we're, we're not home, but the momentum is with us and, and, and we're right in it. We did not. I thought think- we were home, Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, you break for the Bulldogs. You know we're never home. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but so, no, congratulations. It was um, – and I, I feel for all the Melbourne supporters who couldn't be there because I know for for anyone of, of you know, of our age or even a little bit older, 
haven't seen a, a grand final or, or a premiership and we were lucky enough in 2016 to to go to the final series and go to the grand final so that was um well done lads you certainly deserved <laughs> it and um if i've tried to block it out I, I feel better already just getting it off my chest well i you know i'm, I'm trying to see it now smitty we're one we're one all we got 54 then they got they got they got, they got the, the 21 so we're one all oh, so, so we're, we're Oh, so we are rivals. 54, <laughs> 21. We're definite you know, rivals. Yeah, like really close in time. <laughs> my, my dad's been to both. <laughs> no, no, he didn't, he didn't go in 21. <laughs> With 2022, I did mean to kind of catch it at, at the end of it because I suppose from a neutral supporter's kind of point of view, you guys, as you said, just snuck into the finals. Do you think that kind of saved face a little bit for Bevo and potentially if you guys hadn't made the finals then, I kind of thought that your narrative was probably a little bit underplayed and maybe probably escaped a bit of criticism given the fact that you had a pretty poor, like a pretty up and down season given your success the year before, like when I say success, you know, in terms of making it to a grand final. If you don't make the finals, do you think Bevo potentially job is at risk at that sense? I mean, we love Bevo. <laughs> but look, objectively, I think, I mean, I think you'd probably ask them, you'd have to ask the question, wouldn't you? Because, you know, after, you know, we had a catastrophic year after we won the grand final in 16, um, we just completely went off the rails and, you know, people put that down to a number of reasons. But, you know, after 21, I thought maybe we might have learned a lesson, although, you know, it's not the same team and everything, but, you know, still, you know, Bevo's there and, and one thing we've talked about is we've struggled with a almost like a plan B. So if a team gets a run on against us, we don't we we've really struggled to stop it. And we saw that in 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 the Freo game in in last year. But we saw it with you guys the, the year before. It was it was almost a carbon copy. We just it was like we just stopped being on we just stopped being on the ground. And and that happened to us a few times during the year. And you thought, well, you know, is that is that tactics is that in their heads like what's the story and and i think they signed bevo for three years possibly even before we snuck into the final smithy was it was your contract renewed before the finals well you you'd think i've done some research on that when you ask me those <laughs> questions because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think people i think it was sort of like oh you know the dogs need to make the finals for mm. renewed. um and we did but I, I no i think it's a fair point Tim, that we certainly escaped some criticism by getting in there, and 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 you know, Carlton probably took a lot of that heat because uh, you know, arguably, should have been there, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> which, which we're all happy about on this on no, this yeah, podcast, yeah. aren't we? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Still yeah. one of my favourite games Now, there's there's no doubt about that. I think, um, and we've seen in modern day footy that there's teams that have gone on for runs. So you know, Brisbane in the early two thousands, Richmond had their three flags. So when these up and comers get their opportunity. There seems to be they win two out of four or three out of four or whatever it is, and we just haven't done that. So, you know, we had that 16 and then we fell off. We had 21 and then 22 we snuck in, but we fell off. So there's been that frustration where I mean, we're clearly biased and I'm supposed most supporters are. You look at your list and you think, what a great list. We, we can do it. Um, we haven't been able to go on and have that momentum and be really dominant or be a top four, top six team or three or four or five years in a row. So that's kind of what we're, you know, hoping to see. Um, this year and beyond, but um, who knows? It's 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 a tough competition, right? So I suppose moving on into the off season, I guess like one of the biggest talking points across the off season is is of course the uh, trade and draft period. 
you guys had some departures and some arrivals as well. So how are you feeling about your list and, and what transpired over that time? And you've got some pretty exciting faces coming in and, and pretty big face left the club as well too. Well, and there's been some that have gone from Melbourne to dogs and dogs <laughs> to Melbourne. So we should ask the same question. And I don't know, I suppose if you live in Albert Park, you're about 50-50 if you don't have to drive much further. But um, yeah, there's, there's a few come over the Westgate or Oscar Baker's come over the Westgate, which we're really happy about. And we've um, watched his pre-season game. And I, I don't know what your thoughts are having watched him, um, his career so far. Well, what are your thoughts on Oscar Baker? Was it, were you sad to lose him? I know you're always sad to lose one, one of your own, of course. Um, and have you seen his career? Is it is an interesting one, Oscar Baker. He's one that, you know, he was always on the fringe. And I feel like when he got the opportunity, the, the role wasn't fully there for him. And I think mm. he was perfecting his craft in the VFL, but that was a problem. That was It was all happening in the VFL and then not transferring to AFL level. But, I think the biggest thing for him was a change and you, you see what's going on. Um, well, it's a listed free agent, wasn't he? Yeah, so you guys basically got him for nothing. But you, you see, I, I just saw he just looks much fit. He's probably, you know, a bit more fresher. And with uh, one of our new acquisitions, you know, leaves a bit of a hole for him to sort of step into that wing role, which um, I'm sure you guys are pretty pleased with the outcome you got so far. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've seen. I, I, I actually reckon uh, that you've just described Josh Shackey there. As well, the thing about Jack Attack, and he said this recently, is that he he couldn't he couldn't really get any run on in games, and he was the same. Like he's he's actually, he's a really good like his skill level, he's athletic, he's a good footballer. He there just didn't seem to be a spot for him, and he just couldn't get a run on. So he, you know maybe you know he could he could do. I haven't seen what he's been doing preseason, but he he might be you know something that he could could come good. Um, with you boys, the the thing that saddens me is uh, I was down at my son plays cricket under 11s cricket, and we were down at down at Port Melbourne, and uh, the boys were setting up. It was about eight in the morning, and there's this giant local footy team there. And I thought, gee, they take their footy seriously down here in uh, in Port Melbourne. And I looked up and I thought, that bloke looks like Max Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> we went home and it was like, who's a Melbourne footy club? And I don't the know, same colours as Port Melbourne. They were all just yeah, they were in civvies and they were just you know doing striding out up and down the, the park. It was kind of like they'd all met up for a coffee and then decided to go for a little bit of a jog or something. <laughs> and uh, and I saw Lockie Hunter there. And i got to say, it just broke my heart to see Lockie, you know, you know, me, you know standing up again next to the, the Melbourne players because he's been, you know, his, his father's son for us. And he was, at one point, Luke Beveridge described him as the most important player in our team. So in terms of losing him, you know, it's huge. Again, you know, he had to go. He needed to change all the rest of it. But I think he'll be a great acquisition for you guys as well. Yeah, he's a great user of the footy. He's got such good footy smarts when he um, is in tight, when he's in the contest. And then he just seems to find a way to get out of trouble and then delivers it so well. So he's a great pickup. And for Shacky, he is one of those players that I think, and I know, I think he came from Brisbane to us. Yeah. I mean, he was top. I think he started somewhere else. Even Brisbane, Brisbane. Brisbane. It was pick two. Pick, no, pick two, two, right? Brisbane. So it was all the skills, all the ability, just hasn't been able to string it together. And it's maybe he's one of those players, he gets to the right club or the right coach or the right environment mm. and it just clicks for him. And I hope it does for him because he's a, <laughs> clearly a decent bloke and, and clearly a great footballer. 
just as long as he doesn't do it against us. Yeah, I know. He will. He'll keep it's, going. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny what you said, um, Guy, about Shaq's skill level. I, I recall in round one, I don't know if you can remember it, he was running into open goal and he, I think he might have tripped over his own feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he might have just completely fluffed one up after playing on. And I don't know why that just popped in my mind. But no, I have, I have seen him. You do remember I, that one? I, I, I have seen him play a game where it was it, it was not a pretty game of football and he just he looked lost and I think it was because he was I don't know if he was played out of position but I know what you mean you, you see a couple of those things but then he actually is a beautiful kick of the ball so if he can get if he can get on the end of it then uh then you know hopefully he can deliver I think 100%. it's all confidence with Shaqy he gets his confidence right he's away you won't stop him he's a he's a player that well, I don't know if you guys I mean not sure if you're following it too much, but he kicked four in the VFL on the weekend, which obviously we you know we've got a we've got a bit of a you know log jam. You know mm. it's been our it's been a problem for you know especially last year and you now this year and even in time in terms of times in 2021 as well. So it'd be interesting to see where he is in the pecking order. I think they're saying that he'll play you know back up ruck as well as well as oh, forward. Yeah. And then we've got JVR, Tom McDonald, you know, Benny Brown, and even. You know, flowing a bit of fritter in there as well, which you know, there's all you know, all this, all this log jam at the top, which would be interesting to see where he fits in there. And I suppose you know, any fool he's, if he's playing good footy, then um, who knows what could happen. Um, yeah. But I really want to touch on, I want to touch on Lockie Hunter too because the, the games that I've seen him play, he looks, he looks, he fits in really well. For memory, is the best and fairest winner at the Bulldogs, or maybe runner up. Yeah, potentially be definitely up the there. Don't know if he won't maybe around the first year. Yeah, yeah, he's had some consistent years, no doubt about that. So just or just seeing, yeah, he's. I didn't realize how clean he was until oh, yeah. putting the Melbourne jersey on. I mean, I, I follow footy so well, but um, yeah, I just couldn't believe how clean he is and how how you know quick he is on his feet. And yeah, he's yeah, going to he, complement Ed Langdon really well. He he's a bit he's deceptive like that because you look at him and he's he's a bit he's a bit laconic as well, and he sort of you know <laughs> just sort of lazes around a bit. But then, well, that's what he appears to be doing, but. The way he creates play and and sends the ball forward is is unbelievable. And and like I said, you know, um, he he was some he you know sometimes you have a barometer player like if they're on, you know, the team gets up and wins. And and for a long time that was Lockie Hunter for us. And he he can create play out of nothing. And he's also um, he's really strong. Like he's one of those guys, very strong overhead, very strong on the ground. He doesn't look like a massive guy, but he holds his holds his own really well. So it's a huge loss for us, and and as you say, um, will be a, a, you know a great compliment for the guys you've already got there. Now you mentioned Ben Brown. Can I just ask? Now he's had oh. the haircut. Does he need oh, to adjust he? his run up? Does he need to like take two <laughs> less steps? Or I mean, he's going to come in really quick without that mop on top. Yeah. So you know he's got a routine, and his routine clearly works. So that's what he's going to adjust that. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's well. Yeah, no, um, no parachute now. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> no, that's right. And, and I think somebody who somebody said it is like now defend. I think Robbo said it on the day because um, I went to the family day where he shaved it off, and I think the first thing he said after he shaved it, besides like well done, was um, 
now defenders going to have a clear line of sight of the ball coming in, you know, as opposed <laughs> to you know sideshow Bob's hairs just sure. like flinging <laughs> out <laughs> like that. But um, just on Shaki as well, it was interesting. I don't know if you boys have seen the Show Me the Money doco, the second one that came out, but a lot of that highlighted the the Shaki Hunter deals, the Brody Grundy deals, like a lot of it actually Melbourne. But it was interesting hearing Shaki talk about where he kind of sat in the pecking order in terms of he's still such a young player, but. He was at that kind of age where you've got Jamara, you had Sam Darcy coming in. You know, they really wanted to get games into those youngsters there and he wasn't finding, he was finding himself coming in. Even if he kicked a goal or two, like just he would he would find himself coming straight out and it was almost like he was playing very good footy in the VFL and Bevo was pretty much having to justify why he wasn't getting a spot in the one. So I think the biggest thing sounds like the selling point coming across to the Ds was like at least he had a clear role definition and it's purely insurance kind of as that backup forward ruck role that Sam Wiedemann then vacated to go to Essendon. And I know that the mm. the agreement to let Weeds go was only if they had a like-for-like like replacement coming in. So hopefully um, hopefully Shaki can do can do that and, and yeah, play play some footy. I think there's it's a it's a low-risk, you know, high-reward deal. And yeah, the Hunter stuff as well too has, has been really interesting and, and I think just really feels a need for the Ds as well, something that we lacked a lot last year was just that precision going inside 50, and he does provide an extra option. You guys already talked about how well he uses the ball by foot um, and a great decision maker. That's something that really we got exposed with a lot last year in terms of trying to find our forwards. And um, you hate to say it, a future third rounder, it's not much, but uh, I think in the scheme of things, hopefully it pans out. Oscar Baker, I think he'll be a handy Andy uh, Wingman for you guys who showed flashes with us, but I think just didn't get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think our right. wings this year might be mm. Oscar Baker and Trelaw. They might give them that free run and have a wing each, which I think it's been one of those. It's, it's a weird position, right? Like back in the day when everyone held their positions, you had that sort of the Robbie Flowers from Melbourne up and down the wing, absolutely dominating. But it, it's it's sort of a it's a nondescript position these days. Yeah. You know, where do you play? Where do you float? It's all about structures and setup. So, I think if we get Baker and Trelaw that opportunity and that space, that they could be two good options out wide. And it's what funny, we talk about Shaki, and I think so much of it these days is about list opportunities. So mm. whether, like years ago, it was the 18 best or the 22 best, whatever, they play every week because they're the best. But now it's about where do you fit into the structure? Where do you fit in? So you can have players in the twos who are absolute superstars, but because they don't fit into the coach's structure or the team structure or the set plays, they end up playing twos. And that could be where Shaki, if he's in the right team, finds his niche and away he goes. That's definitely the story of my career, Smitty. <laughs> oh, my mine's back in the uh, you know how they played the best twenty two. I wasn't in the best twenty two. <laughs> yeah. I did see. I didn't see the doco, but I saw those quotes from Shaq, and I, you know, I didn't, obviously didn't see the context. But it, I don't think it was sour grapes. I think it was, he was just nah, it wasn't. No, no. Um, yeah, exactly. and, and and any any bulldog would have said that. It was sort of you know it was fair to say Jamara's form at times was you know not not consistent or or you know. Game on game, you, you wouldn't say necessarily he held his spot, but he did hold his spot. And so you could see why that would be frustrating for Shaq. So, yeah, like you said, with a defined role, hopefully he, uh, he you know, he has a bit of a breakout year. The, the biggest one in your offseason and what sort of shuffle they'll make at your club, and that's, you know, your best and fairest winner, decided to take a trip up north to, to Brisbane. How do you feel about that? And what sort of impact do you reckon that's going to have on the team? And, yeah, what's going to happen moving forward? Who are you talking about? 
I'll leave, I'll leave that, up, that one up to you. <laughs> we move on very quickly here on the One Night Dog podcast. <laughs> you know, if you're when, not in red, white, and blue, we just move on. When um, when Dunks won the best and fairest, I got I was on Facebook the next day, and and uh, the first thing I saw was a post from the Bulldog saying, "I think Libba came second, and it, it was congratulations, Tony Libertoro, <laughs> second in the best and fairest." And I think I texted Smitty saying that I've written Dunks off. He's got it. I don't even think he's. I'm not even sure if he's signed yet, but he's, a, he's yesterday's hero. But it turned out it was just the way the algorithm was working. And I think that's actually a bit what the Bulldogs have done. You know, Dunks was interesting because you might remember, guys, a few years ago, he sort of was making noises about wanting to trade. And, you know, he was going to go to Collingwood, I think it was. And, you know, he ended up staying. And and he, he you get the sense he's been a bit vocal or, or a bit hasn't quite uh gelled with the culture or the culture hasn't gelled with him one or the other um the problem is he he wants he won our best and fairest now when you mess and fairest win all these like there's gonna be a hole there i mean he's he's a, he's a great unbelievable footballer and he got frustrated obviously in you know during the covid years in particular when he was having to play ruck um and you know second ruck and, and sometimes you know spending a lot of time in the ruck and it was kind of like you know one of the best midfielders in the league and and he was, you know, you might say he's been wasted in the ruck. So probably a bit of frustration there. But he, for us, obviously a huge ball winner. And again, tough, really tough, very strong. Um, it's a, it, it is a big gap. And I think it's a gap that someone like, or, or you know, someone like Bailey Smith, right? So Basil's been up and down a bit. In, in terms of consistency and on and off field and all the rest of it, it might create an opportunity for him to go to the next level. What do you think about that, Smitty? Well, I think so. I, th- I think we've been blessed with pretty decent like depth in our midfield. And if you think about McRae, Bynt, Libba, Baz, McLean mm. goes through there, there's, there's plenty to go through there. Um, I think and even Rock Smith had a couple of – like as a, an opportunity to, to play midfield – I think Cody Waitman, so um, may get a little bit of midfield time. I've been watching Arthur Jones playing that forward pocket role, so that may release Cody for a little bit of midfield time. Now, as you boys know, it's all to do with injuries, right? If, if you're injury-free, you're midfield strong, life's good. But the second you get a couple of injuries or suspensions or whatever it is, well, hang on, time hang out. On. These blokes don't know that. They haven't had an injury for how long? Five years? <laughs> you had a, you had a key player injured for yeah. the last five years? I don't think you have, have you? Not a long-term, oh, apart from mm-hmm. Tom McDonald last year, which I thought was a pretty big pretty big out in the scheme of things. I believe he was, what, 11 and, 11 and 0 and then got injured. He kind of messed with the structure, and we couldn't really find that forward connection after that. I feel like it was just a bit of a debacle. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> nice. Um, but nice. yeah, that you, I, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, Smitty Cody. Um, coming up there, and you did right. It, it, it does depend on who's fit and who can get in the middle. I was just gonna say, I'm not looking forward to seeing Dunks in the Brisbane jumper. No, I'm I mean, I saw it, that's it, adding to a really good midfield already, right? Yeah, that's so exactly that's right. And and they, you know, whether it's true or not, I think that, you know, they were saying that the dogs were playing hardball with Brisbane because they realised what it would do to their midfield, um, potentially make it unstoppable. And I saw a picture of Dunks the other day and I don't know, I thought maybe it was Photoshop. He looked like a UFC fighter. Oh, he yes. was so ripped. Wow. And imagine the tan he's got now up like, oh, there. He's oh, brown oh, as a berry. Has he got the lemon juice out? I don't know. So, yeah, I'm not looking forward to saying that, to be honest. I'll tell you what, though. 
they're, they're still a defensive liability. So it's not like they shore it up their defense or anything like that. So he's still sure. be able to kick kick 20 goals on them. Rory Lobb, big one coming across. And also the return, the return of Liam Jones. You know, he's kind of stepped in as well too and, and filled a need for you guys as well. But I think just given such like a small sample size of the last couple of games. But I mean, you think, yeah, Liam Jones played a, a really good game. And then Lobb, as you said, I think uh, John Ralph coined it the land of the giants down down forward line down there. You're going in with four tools. Um, it's exciting. It's a, it's a different look to what you're used to, but a very aerobic and athletic one. Well, it's not often that I want to thank Carlton, but I do because they've turned him into a backman where we played him up forward for a long time. And he's a super athlete. He used to jump over packs and when he marked, he marked well. But Ford wasn't really his position, whether it was the 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 pressure of being forward or all the spotlight or having to deliver being a forward. Carlton went put him down back and it just seemed to find his spot, didn't he? So mm. super excited to put him down back. And I was saying to Guy before I saw Keith went around in the practice match and he has dropped so much weight. He's a different player. So I think they're going to use Jones down back that to, to take the key forward and be really strong, and then and then Keith with a bit more runoff half back. So we've certainly got the Blues to thank for um, for Jones coming back. And Guy and I have been watching the dogs for forty odd years, and um, we've never seen so many talls. <laughs> like I mean, it was only a few years ago Brad Johnson was our full forward because he was the best option out of the square. So um, they and this they're young. I mean, not Lob, but he was not not that old anyway, but. They seem to be young. They're tall. They're talented. It, it, it is. It's a. It's a. It's riches, right? There's so many down there. So, and again, that means if there is an injury, then there's enough tools to be able to fill key positions and play. So, it's a pretty exciting you know, lineup. I think it'll take some pressure off Norton as well because, you know, Norton's He was. He's our great white hope. You know, and 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 he's he's incredibly strong in the air. Um, but it's well documented that he has struggled in front of goal. And, you know, he kicks, he's one of those classic forwards. He'll, he'll kick the, the miracle goals and then miss the ones, you know, 15 metres out. So whether having more options down there will take a bit of that pressure off him and, and potentially allow him to just feel a bit freer and, and you know, get a better return, you know, that that's a possibility. If nothing else, um, it certainly means that he's not going to get tag-teamed every week, um, which, you know, when, when Brucey was out, and it was really just noughts down there and Cody Waitman buzzing around. Yeah, you, know, you got literally you got two defend two tall defenders can take noughts out every time the ball comes in. So, but if you got Lob down there and you got Darcy floating in, you got Jamara on the other side, it sort of <laughs> creates a bit of chaos. Um, makes it m- much more difficult for the defensive unit. So, from that perspective, you know it's only going to help us. And and uh, you know Lob, I don't know, he's one of those guys who, you know. He puts the ball on jumper on and we love him. But <laughs> before that, we weren't too sure about him. But now he's a doggy, so let's get him on there and hopefully uh, you know, he has a big impact. But he's a, he's a big unit. So, you know, just like I said, drag another defender away and, and snag a few goals and that's a great acquisition. Talking about new acquisitions and stuff, I think it's probably a perfect segue to start thinking about, you know, the season ahead and everything and, I think, yeah, just with these practice matches just gone and, you know, seeing players in new roles and things and, you know, trying to get a gauge of, you know, where things are going to be happening. Like, I, I think of, you know, from both our two teams' perspective, seeing Cozzy Pickett through the middle has been something that's really shunned for me. Uh, Jack Bowie back to his best form has been two big standouts. But even for you guys, uh, Anthony Scott, 
He's bobbed up a fair bit in your two games. I think he's someone that could. You're talking about Cody Waitman um, mm. potentially going through the middle. He's he's one that can. You know, he's probably has the ability to be you know, pressure forward and just be an absolute pest down there. Yeah, he's great value, Anthony Scott. We really like him. I actually think he's 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 one of those ones who flies under the radar a bit. Like if you sort of said the name Anthony Scott, a lot of players, a lot of people would be like, "Who's he?" Um, but when he comes in, he has a real impact. And he he is he again he's really strong pound for pound. He's not a, he's not a he's not a tall guy, not a big guy, um, but he's very strong and he creates a lot of play. And he's good in front of goal too. So I I, I think that's a really good observation uh, that he he's got a lot of potential. We've got a few. I mean, you know, Smithy and I after beating North Melbourne um, in a bracky, we penciled in the flag. So we're pretty good. <laughs> I ran the MCC confident? to try and get some tickets, and they said well, they weren't <laughs> hadn't been released yet. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, seeing you know, it's like it's like uh, I don't know if you boys have seen the the, the film um, the club, uh, you know, and you know we can all we can all look good at training, and you know, there's the old March champions and all that sort of stuff. So you, you never get a hundred percent gauge on what's going on. But so far, the signs look pretty good, and and the boys look strong. So you know. I think um, there's a bit of potential, but if we lose round one, it takes all the wind out of your sails. So, <laughs> so what's your boy's I think weight? Anthony Scott, I just want to add to Anthony Scott because I think he's one of those players that when coaches have their, not their favourites, but they're a project player. Mm-hmm. And I think Bevo loves him and he's sort of given him a role and he's delivered everything that's been asked of him. And I think he's potentially one of the starting 22 in Bevo's mind. So he's going to get a run. Um and I don't know if it's because of what he's output. He's just a very handsome man. I mean, <laughs> if that is that your way too early reaction for the preseason games? <laughs> what do you well, I think the, the way too early. If you listen to SEN today, and uh, we're recording on what it'll be Tuesday after the, the week of the practice matches, the um, the way too early is because everyone's saying who's going to stop all the Bulldogs' tools, and um, they're so dominant and everything else. So it's a practice match. We played North Melbourne. Um, we had every tall in. Like, it's not going to be that way every week. So, I mean... Uh, Don't talk help. it down, Smitty. Just book in September, mate. Don't talk it down. <laughs> Our way too early prediction, but it has to be this. Like, we've got to be top four. I think if, you know, we've had from a grand final appearance to a final exit in 22, which is ordinary, We've got to have that consistency and we've got to be able to really string those wins together and end up top four. With the list, I think, you know, unashamedly biased, I think that's where we need to be. Yeah, and look, I think we'll throw in a Coleman medal and a Brownlow as well. Why not? <laughs> With that so bloke, that doesn't, that doesn't work, different. mate. That doesn't get you in the finals, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, no, fair, no, that's that's the cherry on top. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Actually, we should know. We've got a lot of Brownlow medalists and we've, you know, haven't won yeah, obviously many flags. Them, yeah. So. Yeah. Sim, what was your way too early reaction for the preseason games? Uh, the Gordy show. Um, I feel like we've got so many tools. It's not funny to use with those two, but I don't, I don't know. Like I, I'm hoping that we didn't play too many cards too early uh, here with the boys kicking six goals in the first half. Um, mind you, I mean a lot of them were quite easy shots. Like they weren't, you know. I think two were from 50 meter penalties or free kicks. So yeah. put that into perspective, but. 
that's pretty much it really for that's me it. i think <laughs> i mean we're 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 you know we're in the box seat i mean it's, it's top four of us i reckon for us as well we're mm-hmm. we've got the list we've got the capability there to to really shake things up and i think you know you see with the training standards this year i think we're got to get back to the you know our overrunning best and i think we did that against richmond really well and you know hopefully we can start seeing you know those second half fade outs you know out and we're going back to what we'll do in 2021 so yeah that's that's what is i'm that, hoping is to that see. your one reaction no is sorry it? i got too many <laughs> but, uh, go on go on spill your beans reckon you will have more than one but you won't get it out come on i've got one i'm choosing one and oh, i just said our, our ball movement seems less predictable from what i've seen so far already so i think that will sh- shake things up a little bit about how we move the ball and how do you think grundy will affect your setup or or, or gameplay i'll I, let you go first well from i don't know about you seen before what i've seen there like grundy was taking you know a fair fair chunk of the ruck and it's it's almost been it doesn't really affect it too much because i suppose max's threat as a forward or a backman to take a contested grab is going to draw that much attention that uh, you still got a premier ruckman who's you know attending bounces in the middle, but then we saw on the weekend still like Tom McDonald was still rucking down forward as well in the forward fifty. So I think kind of like you guys, you've gone gone with height and gone with contested mark and strength, um, and he's still a great user of the ball as well too. So I think he will slot in seamlessly. He's not going to be look. He's not going to be an all Australian ruckman working side by side. They're going to take sort of little things away from each other and that. But I think combined together as as you as you coined before sim as gaundy as as one as one ultimate being they're they're going to cover the whole ground and i think that they're going to have a strong performance across all assets of the game because yeah whether it's in defense whether we know max has done before or pushing forward which max seems to want to do a lot more this year to kind of preserve his career as well too which is a good thing uh i think that i think it'll be fine i'm not you're not looking at two all Australian ruckmen going to have these amazing seasons individually. You're looking at them as a collective. I'm looking through a lens of teams are going to have to play two rucks against what we have. We've got two all Australian ruckmen. You know what we're going to have, they're going to have to have you know two tools actually have a bit of ruck craft. And you know teams like you know if Carlton were rolling with their you know the Tom Deconing and Savani sort of trick, I just think of how much you know the, the Grundy going in or the Gorn just saying you know the second ruckman he's just going to eat them. Um, you know, so that's that's probably where you know the Grundy effect is going to come into fruition. And you know, if Grundy starts going forward, which mind you, Collingwood didn't really do, um, the commentators are saying, you know, he's been you know starved of playing that forward. Look at him kicking three goals in the first half, so yeah, can be utilized in different ways. Very good. So we've had Brangelina, now we've got Gaunty. <laughs> <laughs> already talked about one now one two three three of them three. now as far as i can tell i don't i did a bit of a dive but it wasn't very deep we've, we've covered three players so far that have played for both the d's and the dogs however the last two haven't really played officially as demons in in um josh shackey and Lockie hunter so now Smitty, you got a list there as well too of players that have played for both clubs because I, I only went back as 
far as about 1990. <laughs> so I don't know if your list <laughs> well, is a bit longer than mine, but I don't know. Mine's off, to, off the top of my um my head, so mine's not that that extensive. But of course, there was the Alan Jakovich where where we started talking. This could be the Alan Jakovich Cup, or the the episode <laughs> could be called that when he, he came across. And he we had this sort of period where we were grabbing players who were. You know, clearly, um, had spent most of their career at one club, and they'll come into us for a year or two. And they were X Factor superstars. Like we had Nicky Winmar, Phil Cracker came for a year. All these kind of players. James Cook, James Cook. Oh, they played some finals. That's uh, dominant. Games. And one thing, whenever we talk about Djokovic, I was still maintain I was at Princess Park. I was in the pocket. I was on the fence. And he kicked the greatest goal I've ever seen. In a bull, he was in a bulldog's jumper, and I mean that man could kick a ball. <laughs> Whatever else you want to say about him, the man could kick a ball. So yeah, Djokovic, uh, go on, Smitty. Well, Daniel Cross, that was one that obviously was that more of a bulldog, but ended yeah. his career and one and just what a superstar Daniel Cross was. Yeah. I mean, he just lived to breathe footy, hard at it. I always thought about Daniel Cross was one of the best overhead marks for his size. Because he wasn't a huge player, but he seemed to be so strong in the air. Um, well, you had one guy you mentioned earlier tonight before we jumped on. Tony Campbell. Yes, Remember Tony, Tony Campbell? Campbell, first player in the AFL to wear the glove. And he started at the D's and he, he had about a, a kilo and a half with a brill cream in his hair every time he went out there. And then he came over to the dogs. He didn't really fit it at the Western Over. He looked more like he a stockbroker no, or something. He so was more of a Melbourne player, let's be honest. He was quite, it was quite controversial because he was, because he had the glove and it was sort of that there was this little era where all of a sudden everyone was wearing gloves and it was controversy. Was it legal? Was it not? But he started it. So yeah, Tony Campbell. And was there was one where it was like two gloves, one glove. Is it, it the glove you, you drop your ball? Is it, is it the hand that you don't yeah. drop the ball on? Like it was all this confusion <laughs> yeah. around which, which, where, where were your glove? We've, 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 no, there's another current player. I don't know if you guys have got him. He came from Melbourne to the dogs. The Titanic from 2018. Oh, shit. There is Mr. Mitch Hannon. Yes. Mitch Hannon, of course. Oh, and, there's, yeah. oh, and there's another one I just thought of, too. Yeah. Who's who's at the dogs now? Yeah. Oh, I think he's still there. No, or maybe retired. Big fella. Old Steffi Martin. Ex-Melbourne. Oh, Martin. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ex-Melbourne before he played for Brisbane. By, uh, Brisbane. Yeah, by Brisbane. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I forgot. That I had too. Choco Royal. We didn't play for you guys, but obviously played for us. Brian Royal, and then was uh, heavily involved involved in your coaching ranks for a while, or still mm. there now? I don't know. I had I um, Choco for ages. Yeah. Stephen Powell. Oh, yes, yes. Powley. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, did he also play some Kilda? Powley. I, th- I think there was three clubs. So yeah, I reckon Saints might have been. We've had a couple of chats with um, Andrew Lee and Jelly from that era, and Powley is still great mates with all that kind of same era of of players so that's i don't particularly remember him playing too much but like i know the name and and whatnot yeah. but it's a, that's stuck out as well too no I, that's that's really all the players i had i think that's i'm sure you could keep going back decades and finding more players him there's no one else you can think of is there no. anyone else we've seen i don't think so no i think that's it for my list no the only one I had on my list was Rod Grinto, who didn't actually play for us, but um, there was mm. a a famous incident at the Western Home. Would you ever know the, the Rod Grinto, Terry Wallace incident? 
if we're talking rivalries, that's probably the one thing that stuck in our mind when <laughs> Melbourne came to the Western Oval and Rod Grinder absolutely cleaned up um, Terry Wallace out on the wing. And he, I think he broke his jaw. He broke his jaw, yeah. He had he's, 70 yeah. stitches inside his Jeez. dental surgery and the whole lot. But the funny story was, so he's literally had reconstructive surgery, had to have 70 stitches, then some plastic surgery. Terry Wallace played the next week. But when when Rod Grinter hit Terry Wallace, his teeth had broken through his guard he was wearing on his hand, and his hand actually got a cut and he got infected, and Rod Grinter did not play the next week. I think he was reported <laughs> anyway, but he wasn't able to play. So that's the uh, that's the story I remember oh. from a long time ago at the Western Oval. Oh, well, he's, uh, he's the uh, leader of our you know our past players group, so he's done a, hu- a huge amount for our footy club. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting hearing uh, stories back on him. That's all I just remembered. He was yeah, he's pretty, um, yeah. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty hard pretty hard at it. Yeah, yeah. made some uh, poor choice in the field. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the only other thing that sticks in my mind about Melbourne of yesteryear, probably that era when I was a young lad growing up, was did Gary Lyon ever not kick about eight goals against us? <laughs> Every time we played Melbourne, Gary Lyon just seemed to – if you get a form slump, there'd be all this news about Gary Lyon, oh, he's no good or he's he's too old, and he comes out and kicks eight against us or ten against us. It's always like had what, a field day. A bit like what Tim Membry seems to always do to us as well too, still to this day, so don't worry. It's the same. Same. Yeah, it's frustrating. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Do we just go straight to round one predictions, boys? What what do you got to do to to win the game Saturday night? Now, look, this is the th- second year in a row that we've played round one. Last year seemed a bit, I suppose, fitting because they wanted the grand final rematch. Two years in a row, so it doesn't always happen. So is this the start of something, do you think? Well, I think the AFL are really enjoying trying to build momentum and blockbusters, if you want to call it that. So, I mean, and I was wrapped that we got round one last year because – I'm sure you boys feel the same, but how Carlton and Richmond seem to get it locked every week, every year, sorry. I know they fill the stadium, but I think it's really fitting that last year's grand finals get to, to open the season. You almost deserve that, right? We don't play the MCG very much. No, we, we, you know, we literally like, two. We can play once or twice yeah, a year. Yeah. And I, I, think, I, think, I think there's a little bit of that. I also think that there's probably big expectations on, on both of us this year. Um, if we were sort of fifteenth and sixteenth, you know, I doubt we'd be we'd be getting that bill, uh, you know, because of because of uh, twenty one. But I think because there are big expectations on us, I think they wanted a game of footy that, well, is hopefully going to look good, um, and it, it's it it plays into a bit of rivalry, you know, from the grand final from round one last year. So I reckon there's a bit of it. I reckon there's a bit of both in there. A bit that there's, that they reckon will be a good game. But, you know, if they do it again next year and we get round one next year, we're going to lock it in as a tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Three in a row, it's surely it's got to be. Yeah, so I think, I mean, for us to win the game, I mean, I, I, as I said, the MCG is just not really a happy hunting ground for us. We just don't play there that often. We, we love Marvel and um, you guys probably don't love Marvel as much. You had a pretty poor history there for, for a really long time. Um, you know, I... I, I think we've just got to get our forward structure right. We've got to use the ball well, particularly in the forward 50, which I know sounds really obvious, but we, we had this ability and probably over a number of years where we might get 25 plus shots of goal, but there's more points than goals. And we've just got to get that ledger right. We've really got to kick straight and make the most of our opportunities. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, sort of stating the obvious as well, but one thing that struck me when you really dominated against us was winning the ball out of the middle and winning it just so easily. And, and, and you know, you talked, I think, Tim, you said before that, that um, your ball movement was less predictable. Uh, that you know, from from the practice games, that's going to be that's going to be a challenge for us. Um, so we're going to have to make sure that yes, we've got to play attacking footy, but we also have to be disciplined to be defensive, so that when that ball's coming out and your guns <laughs> are just snatching it out of the middle, you know, when when you flogged us in twenty one, we just watched you go by. We literally just watched you know Petrarca and Oliver. Just take the ball and go. And, you know, I know we, we, we weren't as bad last year, but it's round one. Those guys are going to be so hungry and they're so hard at it that we've got to have a really strong defensive play as well as our own natural attacking footy. I think that's going to be really important. And obviously we'll win, so don't, don't need to ask you guys how you're going to win. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If you guys have hit the nail on the head, it's good. Well, especially you guys, you know, talking about you know, the build up and you know what the games, you know, hopefully going to bring in. Hopefully, you know, it continues to be a nice uh, modern day era um, or modern day rivalry. Yeah, well, I suppose. I mean, any footy fan wants it to be a close one and things. And you know, we like I said it before. You know, I want to see us be able to. Be able to put the foot down in the second half, not not just a, you know starting off really strong and yeah really petering away. I think just yeah have that real you know killer instinct sort of thing. It's it's something that we lacked and yeah I suppose if we if we do put that pressure on, I know you've got a lot of good ball users. Like I love watching Bailey Dale run around. He's mind you, he's in my super coach team with the bond. Um, <laughs> it's uh yeah he's someone that we need, we do need to keep close tabs on with. Also actually Caleb Daniel. Talking about players that dominate against us, Caleb Daniel has it on a string. I think he had 39 in the grand final last year, but he just absolutely, not last year, 2021, loves racking it up against him. And for some unknown reason, we just don't put anyone on him. And I just don't know why. <laughs> yeah, and he's a great user of the ball as well. Like he's he, probably our best, isn't he, Spitty, in terms of the, you know. Efficiency. The efficiency, yeah. I mean, he'd be up there. Like he's, generally his decision-making is so good and then executes really well. So, yeah, it's funny that sometimes teams let players loose. And as from a supporter, from the stand, you're like, why do we let this bloke do this every yeah, time we play against him. them? Like, <laughs> surely after quarter time, maybe half time, do we go and put someone on him and shut him down? Who's Who would be your player that you need to shut down? I, I think there's a number five that might have done some damage in the past. And I'm wondering <laughs> what you're going to try and do to uh, try and stop that, man. We don't do research for our own podcast, let alone other. <laughs> <laughs> David Schwartz, no, I think he's referring to. <laughs> David the Schwartz. Yeah. Oh, it's, when I hear the name Barty Fritch, I just get tingled because he seems to just pop up and dominate against us as well. He seems to find another foot. He seems to be able to mark everything. Yeah. And, does, and doesn't he's, miss when he gets his opportunities. He's one of those guys where you, you go, who's on him? Like, who is on him? Why isn't anyone on him? Just go and stand next to him. Just do something. Punch so, the ball. He's out, yeah. He's our cryptid a little bit. So that maybe that maybe, you know, that's our Liam Jones Keith combination. You know, could do something um, to help shut him down. Given your tall structure, we'll probably test our backs a little bit and make them a little bit more, um, I guess, accountable. I think if you make Lever play one on one, you know, kind of disrupt the team defense a little bit there because I guess the height. You haven't really played. I was thinking from the last few years, we haven't really played a team 
besides probably the 2018 um, Eagles that had the darling, um, you know, Kennedy mm. kind of duo, which we really got mm. absolutely blasted by. It'll be interesting to see how our defense goes with the height and combat in the air, because I think uh, if anything, that's something that's not really tried and tested against many, you know, for many teams. So it'll be interesting to see how they go, because, you know, like what Maisie and Petty and Lever are like in the air. Uh, but I think, yeah, at their tallest point, you know, you've got, you're playing four blokes that are pretty much going to be unblockable from that sense. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah. Who knows how it's going to line up? I mean, a lot of teams have done the the, the tall timber, the, the two prong attack, but we we could have three or four in that 450 all being options. So, but then if the ball spills free, are they, does the ball come out easily? Is a concern too. So we've got to have that forward pressure or set up through the midfield so there's nowhere to go. It'll be a tale of two teams, just, you know, who applies the most pressure, I think. You know, obviously, if we put enough pressure on, it'll give our backs a, a chance to actually spoil the ball as opposed to give a free run and jump for your boys. Um, and then, you know, it probably goes the other way as well. I mean, I think, you know, with our, you know, with Gordon and Grundy, they can stretch you guys up forward as, oh, sorry, down back as well. That could pose a threat. And, yeah, just having the un- the unknown of what those two will do as well could yeah pose a bit of a the un or the uncertainty around you know what what you guys can do. I mean potentially you know a Darcy could swing back. Even oh, oh, this is probably really really uh, out there, but I think Aaron Norton was actually a defender as he a, was there, as there, a there, as a junior. And I yeah, think, you're right. You know, with all these key tools coming through, yeah, he could be probably the literally probably the best intercept marker in the league if he went down there with his aerial you know dominance it's it's yeah it's pretty yeah i know there's a lot of unknowns but yeah we'll wait and see there's a lot of bulldog sort of twitter talk about they want aaron norton back that's where he started and he clearly leaps it packs and clunks them really well so there's a lot of fans out there who want him to go back to that position but i think bevo seems to be pretty set on him playing up forward and you know, as I said, he can be pretty lackadaisical as he comes in with his approach and <laughs> drops it onto his boot and see what happens. But uh, if he kicks more than he misses, we'll, we'll be right. Any breakout players that you guys can think of for this year? Anyone that you're predicting that can uh, either crack into the side or somebody that's currently playing that's going to take that to the next leap forward? Well, we, we already mentioned mine, and that's Anthony Scott. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, Smith and I had a bit of a chat about this earlier. I've, I've said Buku Kamas as well for us. Um, but Buku's he struggle he does struggle a little bit to get in 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 the team and, and get consistency. Um, but Anthony Scott, I reckon he he really could go to the next level this year. So he's mine. Yeah, and I mentioned this player before, but um, Arthur Jones, so the Indigenous player that's come across from WA and has played a season or two in the twos. And I just think Bevo's been pretty timely with him getting his body right, getting some bulk on him, but. I've seen him in some intra clubs and then he played on the weekend and he's pretty exciting. And that's when I think Cody might get some midfield time if Arthur Jones plays in that sort of forward pocket sweeper, you know, really damaging, you know, like the flea around the pack. So Arthur Jones to me, I reckon, because he's, we haven't actually got many players apart from the draftees that haven't played senior footy. So apart from the ones we drafted this year, everyone's played senior footy and Arthur Jones is one of those players who hasn't. So, I'm tipping him to get um, a few senior games and have a breakout season. Sim, what about you? Mine, or yeah, I've said this to a lot of people, and he's my love child, Cozzy Pickett. <laughs> and I think just see the thought of him going through midfield, I think he could have a rise a bit like Cyril Rioli in terms of his impact on games. I mean, he already 
can impact the game on the scoreboard. But in terms of his, you know, his, his silk and his, his ball use, um, yeah, and creativity, he could just pose another cog and another threat to that midfield. And also when he does go forward, um, I'm going to jump in and actually say two. And I'm going to say Jake Bowie gets back to uh, 2021 form and uh, continues where he left off, especially with Salem out the side. So that means we're not losing any games he plays. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, we lost and then couldn't get a game <laughs> after that. So A bit of a favourite of ours, Sim. But I think Tommy Sparrow, I think I'm excited to see him. And apparently he's been, been in ripping form in the preseason, just put on a fair bit of size. And I think with Viney potentially being out, in you know these at least round one potentially uh you know watch him to sort of fill this void and and really take that next step as a really tough inside midfielder and he's got some great uh great ambassadors around him that are going to teach him and 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 he can learn the craft off but i think that he's somebody that's really explosive but can also it's got a booming boot as well too can definitely hit the scoreboard so excited to see him kind of maybe take that next step and um somebody solidified his spot you know, probably 12 months ago, uh, certainly a premiership player. But, yeah, exciting to watch him kind of elevate his status as well. That's a good time of year when we've got all these uh, opportunities for young players to, or, or older players but to really have a breakout season or have an impact on the um, starting 22. Yeah, it's funny because I actually won our most improved at 28, so I was a bit of a breakout too. So you never know <laughs> when it could happen. I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Tim? We launch into uh, our... Our final flash with our guests, yep. what do you reckon? Yeah, let's do it. Fantastic. All you right, so five the, yeah, I'll go through it. So five the flash um, comes from a past player, Aaron Davey, one of my favourites as a kid. Um, so we'll ask you five questions. Uh, tell us the first thing that pops in your mind. So don't overthink it. Just, uh, just yeah, smash it out. We are very good at not overthinking things. <laughs> All right, All right. Do you want me to go first, Tim? Go for it, mate. Uh, this one was my favourite one that uh, I threw out. Uh, describe Lockie Hunter in one word. Gumby. <laughs> what did you say? Gumby. Gumby? Yeah, because he's, he's limbs. Oh. <laughs> Efficient. So if you need to fill a need on your list with any current player on any side, who would it be? We're so biased. We think our list is so good. We <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have Grundy, thanks. <laughs> Oh, well, then I'll have Max Gordon and they're completely stuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. All right, this is a funny one. Uh, go-to song to celebrate a win that isn't your theme song. Well, I feel like you're poking the bear there a little bit about a song. That <laughs> they... <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> That's a loaded question. And I don't <laughs> even know the name of the song, but I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> Couldn't you sing it? No, I can't sing at all. No, you got part of it right. You got part of it right. Uh, I'm not sure what that song's called. Have you got a guy to me? No, I don't. I don't really. Well, the only the only other song we sing, which is a bulldog song, and you have to look this up. It's called Dancing Dougie. It was a song written about Doug Walkers <laughs> back in it the is, late 80s or early. It is 90s. terrific. Oh. That's it. Dancing Dougie. On his wing, dancing. Yeah, he does his yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's um songwriting genius right there. That's yes. that's wordsmith, wordsmith sort of stuff. Uh, so growing up, whose number was on the back of your footy jumper? Thirty-three. Yeah, thirty-three. We both had Brian Royal. Brian Royal. Yeah. On my on my um East Coast jeans training jumper, who was the sponsor of 
the club at the time. I've, I've still got that, that jumper. Yeah, no, number 33. Yeah, right. 199 yeah. games, 299 goals. Broke his league. <laughs> yeah. That's unlucky. That's unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's fine. Oh, it's funny how you say number 33 because that's what Oscar Baker was at Melbourne. So there you go. Synergy. Love that. If only I could fit into that training jumper I had when I was five, <laughs> I could wear it to the game. <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, if you had to delist a player from your current or your predicted starting 22, who would it be? Josh Shackey. Oh, sorry, it's already gone. <laughs> oh, that's like asking who's your least favourite child. <laughs> and I've got you three. list one. And it rotates, it changes <laughs> daily. Smitty, what are you saying? I'm going to say, oh, gee, that's a tough question. That is a tough question. If, I, if it was me, if... I'd say Ryan Gardner. Oh. No, no. So that's the thing. Do you know Gardner had our most... One percenters last year of anyone, so he's not going to get lots of stats, but he's he's a project player. Bevo's had a lot of faith in him. He's bulked up. He's um he'll he'll play an important role. He'll Liam Jones is going to support him so well this year, and I think <laughs> that that's what's a begin. I'm looking. I'm scanning. I've got the list up here. The I'm scanning them, and they're all looking at me, smiling like this. Are you look at the team photo from like, like 2023 look, media day I, or something like that. I can't look at the photo. I just can't. I feel like I'm being breaking the hearts. We, we were talking about it before, and it's like, guess who? Does your player have a mullet? <laughs> no, great. Half the team goes down. Perfect. Yeah. Right, that's easy. All right. I'm a positive guy. I can't name one. Can you? Can you boys name one? I'll flip the script. Oh, yeah, I can't, yeah, Ryan Gardner for me. No, of your team <laughs> from Melbourne. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. I could have done this half your team. <laughs> tough, isn't it? It's really yeah, it is, tough. It is really <laughs> tough. It's, it's going on the. Tough. It's going on the records too here. Yeah. It's a thousand. Have listeners. you got one, Tim? Yeah. Given, yeah. I suppose, given his. Age and potentially the way that like his career might be the path that it might be heading down, and he's a amazing human being. But Benny Brown, we've got the we've got the we've got the uh, we've got the depth to cover him. So if we had to cut somebody, I think just thinking like starting twenty two. Yeah, I'm gonna make the I'm gonna make the call because uh-huh. we got we got we got depth in the wings, and uh, I don't know. I think his position potentially halfway through the season could be in jeopardy anyway. So see what happens. Hats off to you, Tim, for actually making the call. Oh, no, We've all right. been sitting on the fence right. here. I mean, Ben yeah. Brown will never listen to your podcast again. No. But... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one. This is a guy actually that you know we we sung such high praise for, but yeah, again, probably another older guy. But if fully fit, he's probably in our best twenty two. That's Michael Hibbard. I'd say Michael Hibbard probably the same in the same boat. Yeah, to allow Bowie, Trent Rivers, etc. That yeah, new role. Well, you're both better than us now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our players tune into our podcast, so we just don't oh, know. That's, that's, that's fair enough. enough. That's fair the, enough. The, the truth is, we don't have that many listeners, so we don't want to isolate any. <laughs> Could be a player's parent oh, listening. Fair <laughs> oh, boys. Well, it's been um. Oh, it's been good fun. Exciting times now that footy season's like rolling back around and I think pre-season now ending and, and now we're only a couple of weeks away or a week and a half away from uh, round one. 
it's uh it's fair to say that yeah you can start thinking about uh the season ahead and yeah how exciting it is and i know it's one of those things i don't know about you boys but i know like the, the season always flies by like it starts you swear oh, yeah. like round one comes out the next thing you blink and it's like round 10 and then you blink yeah. again and it's finals but um now nah, look thanks for thanks for having us on it's nice to connect with another another podcast who love their club and love getting on each week and talking about their beloved team and um we hope you don't lose listeners because there's been a lot of bulldog talk on this episode. Well, so I'm I, I just thinking, believe it or not, we do have some friends who are Melbourne supporters. Mate of mine, Parks, he gets a regular mention on our podcast. So I'm going to, I'll send him a link. And my boss is a Melbourne supporter, so I'll send him a link as well. So <laughs> Very we'll, good. we'll get the numbers up there. Yeah, we'll share the love to uh, to our Melbourne fraternity as well. <laughs> Look, may the best team win on round one. That's Sounds it. Good. Awesome. Well, Smitty guy, thanks so much for uh, for jumping on, and yeah. Maybe we won't see you, uh, catch you in round one. Yeah, Sounds good, Tim. Good to chat. Pleasure. Thanks, boys.